Thanks, Beck. Um, my name is Ron Baldiston. Uh, tonight we're doing options, we're starting Options for Craft. Uh, this series of uh, sermons is called. And there are uh, sheets up the back for uh, any who are interested in, uh, especially children who want to complete them. Um, I haven't had opportunity to simplify this down so that it's really uh, crisp. And so it, it does require a certain amount of listening. And uh, if you're a person who likes to doodle, you might like to take advantage of those sheets as well. I'd certainly be interested. There's no slido.com. So uh, if you have questions at the end, um, feel free to ask them. Uh, that's as, as the service after the service, that is. I met a, a young man who vomited ahead of his exam. As I talked with him, he didn't know what he wanted other than to please his parents. The fear of poor performance and uh, uh, disappointing his parents paralysed him. He didn't have that idea for himself of what he wanted. What are you chasing? I was researching this and I looked at Google to see what the searches were and the number one search with 37% was for clothing and after that it was video games and after that it was toys. And if it was people, the number one was the Queen and Will Smith was after that. The National Church Life Saver says that what people are looking for is quality relationships with the wider community, each other and with God. So what are you looking for? Let's pray for God to guide us. Lord God Almighty, your messenger told the shepherds, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Your spirit showed old and righteous Simeon a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And Simeon told Mary, many in Israel will fall and many will rise because of this child. He will be a sign from God that many people will not accept. Lord God Almighty, we have your word. Help us concentrate to truly understand your word. Help us love and live by your word. Through the boyhood of Jesus, guide us to what matters most. Amen. Perhaps you or someone you know, some parents you know, uh, whose first child died, or who've only conceived at great cost through IVF, or who are refugee parents, well, you, you might know them as very, very scared to let their children out of their sight. Unusually so. Mary and Joseph have the extraordinary beginning. They have the birth announced by angels and attended by shepherds. They have the visit of the wise men that led to flight to Egypt to avoid the slaughter of the, the boys under two. They have the return, avoiding Archelaus and the hotspot of the capital, sometime around when Jesus was between six and ten. 
Surely Joseph and Mary had ample reason to be edgy and concerned for Jesus' well-being. And quite possibly they were. What our text tells us is that they were godly. Verse 41. They were going to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And verse 42, according to custom, or as always. They didn't put in an appearance and skip off home. They stayed, verse 43, until the feast was ended. So that's seven days. Women didn't have to go to Jerusalem for the feast, yet Mary went. It would have been a costly exercise. Leave work for a couple of weeks, walk between walk the family between 150 kilometres and 175 kilometres, depending which route they took. And on the way, they'd have to overnight. They'd also have to get a week's accommodation in Jerusalem at the busiest time of the year. How does that compare with your holy day plans? Verse 42 tells us Jesus was 12 years old. This is around the age when he would become a son of the commandment. That's the age they, and not their parents, begin to be held accountable for their own actions. For the year before they become a son of the commandment, the vows they make when they become a son of the commandment are con- conditionally valid if they're, uh, if they're a, a child of a sufficient maturity. Verse 43 tells us the boy Jesus. So quite possibly Mary and Joseph were preparing Jesus for adulthood by taking him or by this attendance at the, at the feast of the Passover. You may have heard discussion recently about lifting the age of criminal responsibility from 10 to 14. Or the discussion about lowering the voting age from 18 to 16. Well, what are our uh, expectations for our children's spiritual education? How are we preparing them for adulthood? Do we take it as seriously as Mary and Joseph did? Do we set the example that they did? Verse 43 says, As they were returning, Joseph and Mary supposed him to be in the group. Luke's already told us, verse 40, that the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favour of God was upon him. So he's telling us that he was doing well as a little tacker. Now, at age 12, Joseph and Mary knew his character and how he got on with people. Clearly, they trusted him. It's also possible that the little ones went with Mary and the women at the head of the caravan or the group, and the men and the older boys went at the back of the group. And so perhaps Jesus was travelling with Joseph now, no longer with Mary. Whatever it was, his parents didn't know, verse 43, that Jesus had stayed behind. 
Imagine their distress. The text doesn't tell us if there were any crosswords. I thought you had him. I didn't have him, I thought you had him. What the text does tell us three times is they search for him. They search for him among the friends and relos. They search for him on their way back to Jerusalem. They search for him in Jerusalem. Mary and Joseph seek their boy. Luke 4 records other people searching for him after he'd healed many. The people sought him, wanted to keep him, but he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. Luke 19 records the short, rich Zacchaeus seeking to see who Jesus was. He climbed into a tree and Jesus calls him down and then dines at his place where Zacchaeus has a complete change of heart. John 6 records people who have seen the miraculous feeding of the thousands and then the disciples leaving by boat. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And Jesus says to them, you're seeking me because you ate the loaves. His parents looked for their boy, not God's son. So we have two lessons. Firstly, seek God, not a limited version of God, not one that we, we want to confine him to. Secondly, it's both sweet and painful to see children become adults or to hand over a project you've nurtured. When the time comes, we have to step back and let them move on, in spite of how it hurts. Parents, I read Mary and Joseph's distress and think, poor Mary and Joseph, what was Jesus thinking? But the Bible doesn't. There's no criticism of Jesus. Rather, verse 52 says, He increased in favour with God and man. And Hebrews 4 verse 15 says categorically, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. They find him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Think about this. He's come to the temple, the place that's famous for its learning. This is where the best teachers were. They weren't in Egypt where he'd been. They weren't in Nazareth where he'd been. He's been in the carpenter's business. Yet he's still made time to study the Old Testament, to meditate and to pray. Apparently, he knew lots. And still, he doesn't come as one stuck up, full of himself, as one whose knowledge and understanding, but he comes as one whose knowledge and understanding 
earns him a seat with the teachers, where he's humbly asking them questions and listening to their answers. At the same time, verse 47 says, All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. How do we see Jesus? I think before I studied this passage, I had a hazy idea that as God, he comes to earth programmed with a motherboard of God knowledge and able to connect to God in a, in a way that, that allows super download and upload speeds. Now I think that's wrong. He is both divine and human from the start of Mary's pregnancy. However, his humanity limits him as any human is limited. As he grows, he's more and more able to express his divinity. And part of that is using his human faculties to grow in understanding. It's amazing that God should limit himself to our weaknesses, to our limitations. Certainly his parents were astonished. Verse 48, and Mary asks him, Son, why, are you treated, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And now we hear Jesus' first recorded words that carefully draw a distinction. Verse 49, why were you looking for me did you not know that I must be in my father's house he knew who he was right there he claims his sonship not our father but my father and if you think about it Mary and Joseph knew too although it's likely that they didn't fully understand what that meant for the long run. What Luke is teaching clearly is he is a boy growing to manhood and he is God's son. We also can get Jesus wrong. The Gospel of Thomas, which is not accepted as God's word, although it is an ancient text, has a story of, a, of Jesus as a boy learning to use his powers for good, having killed a few people and blinded others as he learns. Yeah. It also has Jesus as a boy carving a clay bird and breathing life into it. The Quran has a, a similar story. And remember the Quran's 600 years uh, AD, whatever it is. Islam accepts Jesus as a prophet but does not accept God taking on flesh. Islam gets Jesus wrong. James and John got Jesus wrong when they offered to call down fire on the Samaritan village that, re that, that refused to welcome Jesus when he was headed for Jerusalem. So we can follow wrong stuff like the Gospel of Thomas or the Quran, or like his mum and dad like James and John, we can presume to know Jesus. We can try and box him in with what we know. But we need to keep coming back to him, 
to see him, to hear him, to understand who he is. Although he's the same yesterday, today and forever, he's not limited. So our knowledge of him should be constantly growing. At times there will be things we do not understand. Mary and Joseph, verse 50, didn't understand what Jesus was said to them. And Mary shows us what is good to do with those things we don't understand. Treasure them in your heart for later. However, if you're like me, we are more prone to impatience. Impatience that leads to doing whatever we think best. Not waiting. Our problem is people, us among them or influenced by them, don't believe our maker is a God of love who has man's interests at heart. Our problem is people, us among them or influenced by them, don't believe our maker is a God of judgment who punishes wrongdoing. And our problem is people, us among them or influenced by them, do believe, against all the evidence to the contrary, that we can do a better job on our own. This is disobedience. This is rebellion, which is the very definition of sin, not being or doing what God requires and doing what God requires. Forbids. Thankfully for us, the angel in Matthew tells Joseph, You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Isn't that a mercy that God fixes our problem by providing a saviour? Like the boy that I mentioned at the start, We can be so concerned for someone else's approval that we don't know what we're looking for. The people looking for clothes, video games, they know that those won't be satisfying for long. Quality relationships are hard work and often seem just out of grasp. Notice how Jesus answers in verse 49. It's calm, it's serene. He knows exactly where he is, who he is, and what he's about. His answer expresses surprise that his parents have had to look for him. Where would you go looking for your 12-year-old boy? To the skate park? Into the gaming shop? Of all people, Mary and Joseph should have known who he was and his interests. Yet even when he answers them, they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. Verse 49, he must be in his father's or about his father's. It can be translated both ways. At this time, the temple, the place where God said he would dwell, but that could never contain him, 
is where Jesus could be most involved with the concerns of his father. Jesus was totally absorbed in those concerns, carried clean away by them. If we want relationship with God, consider what Luke is telling us. The angel said, a saviour is born. The prophet said, my eyes have seen your salvation, have seen your saviour. The boy says, my father. He claims a bond between himself and God that is stronger than anything anyone has, ha- has ever had. Luke is saying, who better to follow than this one who already knows God as his father? And Luke goes on to expand that in chapter 18, recording what Jesus says. Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. And John 1 makes plain that we can be Jesus' brothers and sisters. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Whatever you are seeking... Jesus' example says, you will find everything in the Father. Just as the boy Jesus continued to increase in wisdom, in stature and in favour with God and man, as we get to know him, he can increase in our favour and we can see his wisdom more and more. Then there is that amazing verse, verse 51. He went to Nazareth and was submissive to them. From age 12 to about age 30, that's 18 years, he, God's son, submitted to parents who didn't understand him. That's humility. God doesn't force himself on us. He cares so deeply for us. He stands at the door and knocks. Grace helps us see him to realise how gently he offers himself to us. Let us love him. Will we commit tonight to loving him in 2023. As we love him, perfect boy and God, our Saviour, at his Father's, we gain a glimpse into his prayer of John 17. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. 
Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. How good does that make 2023? Father, thank you for showing us that Jesus as a boy knew he was your son. We praise you for the example of his parents and even more for his example as a submissive son. We thank you for his love. We ask that we may love as he does, loving you and loving yours. Please help us do that. We ask in the name of Jesus, our Saviour. Amen.